What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope that you are doing well. I hope that your day is off to a fantastic start. I hope it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Don't mind me. My days are off, and I'm doing a bunch of stuff. So, yes, happy Wednesday indeed. I hope all is well. Shout out to all of you who continue to rock with us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. That certainly means a lot. And those of you who are rocking with us by subscribing to this podcast. Thank you so much. That also means a ton. If you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. If you're brand new, welcome aboard. Thank you for joining us. And if you've been rocking with us for a while and you've yet to leave a comment or rate us wherever it is that you're listening to us, go ahead and do that for us today. It allows others to check out what we're doing based on your amazing recommendation. A couple of quick things I want to do before we hop into the news and things today. First and foremost, if you've yet to do this, check out a new show that I'm a part of. It's called WWT Live. It happens Monday through Thursday daily on Twitch, twitch.tv slash wwtalkpod. You can go ahead and follow wwtalkpod so that you get the notification when we go live, but it's happening Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific, and 11 p.m. over in the good old UK. All right, so it's a great show where literally we're bringing you the latest and greatest news. I'm a part of it along with a number of other amazing content creators and wrestling journalists. It's an incredible show. I mean, like really, really incredible. Think TMZ Live, but solely with wrestling content. We're bringing stories. It's really amazing. Check it out today. I'll be on today talking about Battle Slam. So you don't want to miss that. Some really cool developments are happening there. So be on the lookout for that. Again, that's WWT Live happening Monday to Thursday daily, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Pacific, and 11 p.m. over in the UK. So there's that. Also, if you have not picked up a Bet On You t-shirt, do that today. You can do it at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. We have them in military green, which is a really popular one, and black as well. It is simply a statement to remind you to put your chips in on you, right? You have bet on a lot of other people. You've supported a lot of other people, and that's admirable. But it is also time to believe in what you've been given, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Bet on you. Put your chips in and go for it. That's what the t-shirt reminds us of. So, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. And you can grab your bet on you t-shirt today. Okay, so now let's dig into some news. I am tempted to talk about NXT, but I want to talk about a couple of other things as well. Firstly, let's talk about WrestleMania. Okay, so WrestleMania, of course, took place in Dallas this year. It was a two-day WrestleMania, and I don't want to call it the first but it is certainly in the line of two-day manias. The reason why this one was so different was because, of course, WrestleMania 36 is where we had our first two-day mania, but that was literally two weeks into the pandemic. There was no audience. It was pre-recorded, a completely different WrestleMania for a lot of reasons. Fast forward to WrestleMania 37. That was the first attempt for WWE at an in-person event since the start of the pandemic, and that was limited attendance, 25,000 people per night, and so it was an amazing event, but they don't really talk about it much relative to the revenue it generated for 
Tampa and for the attendance as well. So now we move to WrestleMania 38, which happened this past April. Two-night event, full-blown in Dallas, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. And we now have news in terms of the economic impact of WrestleMania to the city of Dallas. The mayor of Dallas, Eric Johnson, the mayor of Arlington, Jim Ross. And no, that's not a joke. Jim Ross really is the mayor of Arlington, but it's not the Hall of Famer, Jim Ross. Anyway, they made a joint announcement yesterday about WrestleMania. WrestleMania generated $206.5. Five million dollars in economic impact for the Dallas Arlington region. Now, mind you, that is not counting pay-per-view buy rate. That is not counting tickets sold. That is just the amount of money generated by WWE showing up in Dallas for WrestleMania. Now, this study was conducted by the Enigma Research Corporation. This happens to mark a brand new record for WWE, and it is the first time in history that WrestleMania has generated more than $200 million in economic impact. So that is absolutely major. So consider this, over the past 12 years, WrestleMania has generated more than $1 billion dollars in cumulative economic impact for the cities that have hosted the event. That's a lot of money. And then for those same places, it generated nearly $25 million in federal, state, and local taxes. So this is absolutely massive when we think about the impact to WrestleMania. And this is also why cities obviously work very, very hard to bid to get WrestleMania to come because again, it is an influx, an amazing influx of economic impact to that city and that region. And think about it. Usually WWE will come in for a whole week. Obviously, people converge from all across the country and around the world. They've got to eat. They've got to stay at hotels. They're going to shop. All kinds of things are going to happen. Rent cars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that all has a major boost to the economic impact of that particular city. So there's a couple of other things to consider. First and foremost, the two-night crowd for WrestleMania totaled 156,352 fans. The makeup of that is interesting. So those fans came from across all 50 states in the United States and 53 different countries were represented. So this makes WrestleMania 38 the highest grossing and most attended event in WWE history. Let's consider a few other numbers, which I think is interesting. So as I mentioned, $206.5 million in direct, indirect, and induced impact derived from spending by those who came to the Dallas region for WrestleMania. 67% of the fans that attended WrestleMania were from outside of the Dallas Arlington region, and they stayed an average of three and a half nights. That's important. I mentioned before about economic impact in terms of hotels and accommodations, well, $25.4 million of the $200 million that was spent was spent on hotels and accommodations alone. And then this is a 
powerful number. The economic impact derived from WrestleMania week was the equivalent of creating 1,777 full-time jobs in that area. So say what you will, WrestleMania is a major win whenever it comes to to your city so as you can imagine next year at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is going to be crazy it's happening April the 1st and the 2nd I'm hoping to be there and so it should be really something special tickets have not gone on sale yet for Wrestlemania but you can rest assured that there's going to be an incredible impact to Los Angeles now I do want to point one other thing out And I don't know that this is semantics or a game with numbers, but it is what it is. The 156,352 fans, you remember, is over two nights. So indeed, it is the most attended event in WWE history. Remember, again, you're counting two nights. So I'm a math guy. I'm a numbers guy. I always kind of put that asterisk when I look at that particular number, because again, it wasn't in one sitting. It wasn't one night. It was over two nights. I don't want to diminish what WrestleMania did, but I do think we have to understand that because I'm sure it's going to go on Wikipedia. It's going to go on all sorts of places. And when people ask the most attended WrestleMania or the most attended event in WWE history, they'll count this one, not remembering that this was over two days. And I don't want to take away as well Because prior to this, and this is what I think is super interesting, prior to this, the most attended WWE WrestleMania was WrestleMania 3 for many, many years. But then that got eclipsed at WrestleMania 32 when they had over 100,000 fans, ironically, in the same building at AT AT&T Stadium. And it was a one day WrestleMania. So I think we have to remember that same venue Six years earlier, WWE squeezed 100,000 people in on one night. They get 156,000 over two nights. Hopefully, you can do the math and be able to tell that it wasn't that 100,000 attended one night and 50,000 the other. It was literally 78 and 77,000 or something to that effect on each night. So it's just important to understand that. And again, I don't want to take anything away from WWE, but if we look historically, This particular WrestleMania on any given night did not eclipse what WrestleMania did at WrestleMania 32. And you could also make the argument that WrestleMania 32 was a weaker card. It's another day, another situation, another conversation. Either way, WrestleMania is a juggernaut. And we love that. And again, I say it's one of the reasons why it has to be talked about in the same conversation with the Super Bowl. Because again, when you start talking about bringing economic impact, that's a big deal. And you don't hear these numbers thrown around for the NBA championship or the World Series or things of that nature. So shout out to WrestleMania for continuing to do some pretty amazing things. We've got more WWE news coming and we've got some AEW slash Ring of Honor news coming when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? 
well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, Wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been, there is a you, there will always be an SHW. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Pagan here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Quit. But Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh, my God. Give me a Omega. Oh, man. Over you. Oh. because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest-growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. All right, some more WWE news that may have kind of slid under the radar, but I think it's important that we talk about. So WWE last year began this partnership with A&E, an amazing network to do a couple of shows. One of those shows was Biography, and then the other show introduced us to AJ Francis 
as it was a neat show where WWE really went to go find hidden treasures and the like. It was a really, really cool show. And it really got us all thinking that perhaps a standalone brick and mortar Hall of Fame could be coming to WWE. Well, a few things have changed since then. AJ Francis, who was known as Top Dollar and was a part of Hit Row in NXT and on SmackDown, is no longer with the company. And instead, WWE has created a few additional shows. All of this are now a part of what is now being called A&E Superstar Sunday. It actually kicked off this past Sunday and there are three shows happening. Literally, WWE is taking over prime time on A&E. It starts with their show biography, WWE Legends. That's at the 8 o'clock hour. Then it's followed by WWE Rivals, and it wraps up with Smack Talk. So let's talk about each of these shows. Biography, WWE Legends really picks up where last season left off in terms of providing biographies for some of your favorite WWE superstars. It kicked off this past Sunday with the biography of The Undertaker. This coming Sunday, we'll have the biography of Goldberg. Other biographies that will be covered include The Bella Twins, Kurt Angle, Lex Luger, Degeneration X, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and the last episode will be all about WrestleMania 1. That should be very, very interesting. Then you have WWE Rivals. Now, this show is interesting because it will talk about very specific rivalries in WWE, and and it features former WWE writer Freddie Prince Jr., and he leads a roundtable of legends and superstars, which include Kevin Nash, Kofi Kingston, Tamina, and JBL. Then the night wraps up with Smack Talk, which is hosted by Booker T, and it will also feature Peter Rosenberg and Jackie Redmond from WWE. So in terms of rivals, this past weekend, the debut episode looked at the rivalry between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Next week, they'll look at The Undertaker versus Kane. Then future episodes will feature Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, WWE versus WCW, Triple H versus Mick Foley, John Cena versus Edge, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, and last but not least, Stephanie McMahon versus Brie Bella. That should be very interesting. And then Smack Talk, there's a guest every week. This past week was Kane. This coming Sunday will be Eric Bischoff. Future guests include the Bella Twins, Lex Luger, Paul Heyman, Shawn Michaels, Edge and Beth Phoenix, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, and JBL. All of this is happening on A&E. And if you missed any of the episodes, you can check them out on demand via your local cable provider or through the A&E mobile app. So with that said, let's switch gears to Ring of Honor. So we haven't talked much about Ring of Honor at all. And that's partially because if we're honest, there hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. Ring of Honor, their only TV presence these days is on AEW, be it AEW Dynamite, Rampage, or AEW Dark. So, of course, we remember that just a couple of weeks before WrestleMania, Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor. As a result of him purchasing Ring of Honor, the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view after their 2021 hiatus was Supercard of Honor, which happened the night before WrestleMania Night 1. 
That particular card was pretty impressive. It's where FTR won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against the Briscoes in what was absolutely a legendary tag team match. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, that particular show was on the worst night possible as it was competing against Rampage and SmackDown. However, Ring of Honor is returning and they're returning this month with a pay-per-view, their own standalone pay-per-view. It's Death Before Dishonor. That's happening on July the 23rd at the Lowell Songus Center at the University of Massachusetts in Lowell, Mass. So we do know a few matches scheduled for that card. It will include the television championship as Jay Lethal battles Samoa Joe. Then we have Wheeler Yuta taking on Daniel Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure title. We also have a rematch from that incredible tag title match that took place at Supercard of Honor as FTR will defend the Ring of Honor World Championships against the Briscoe Brothers. And we now know that the Women's Championship will be on the line as the champion Mercedes Martinez defends against Serena Deeb. So we do know that there are four matches so far for Death Before Dishonor, that card takes place next Saturday, July the 23rd, ironically a week before SummerSlam, and it's a pretty important card. Many believe that the actual future of Ring of Honor is on the line here, as this will be a standalone pay-per-view and it will give Tony Khan and many others an idea of the real popularity of Ring of Honor. So if you really want Ring of Honor to succeed, You'll definitely want to get this particular pay-per-view. Now, let's understand a few things. For one, this will be the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view booked entirely by Tony Khan. So that could be good. It could be bad. We'll certainly check that out. And there are only 3,300 tickets available for this particular show. And of that, 2,100 have been sold. So it's not a sold-out show as of yet, but it is safe to say that it could sell out. Obviously, whatever happens on AEW programming in these next couple of weeks will point things towards death before dishonor. I will say this. I am concerned about the future of Ring of Honor for a couple of reasons. Number one, this actually reminds me of Vince McMahon's purchase of WCW. And here's why I say that. Because when Vince McMahon purchased WCW, obviously there was excitement about WCW showing up on WWE television. But everybody really wondered, would WCW have its own TV deal, have its own travel, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, it was a couple of months before we started seeing WCW on WWE television. Then we would get the Invasion pay-per-view. But by Survivor Series, WCW was done. And I'm now wondering, will Ring of Honor face the same fate? That's the question. It's been four months since their purchase. There has not been any talk of a TV deal. So we don't know if they have what it takes. I will say it is getting more and more confusing to see Ring of Honor paraded on AEW. And the reason why I say that is because Ring of Honor has their own set of champions. They've got their own world champion, tag champions, TV champion, women's champion. And you mix that in with all of the current AEW championships. And it almost feels like every match has a champion in it. And the real challenge when you have two organizations who each have world championships, how do you distinguish which is more important? 
That's why it's important to be clear and know who's who in the zoo and ensure that championships and the like are very, very clear on these television programs. So with all of that said, Ring of Honor needs its own TV. Will this happen as a result of this pay-per-view? I don't know. I hope so. Because if not, then we might have just put Ring of Honor on life support unnecessarily. Now, let me tell you who I do think is winning from this. Caprice Coleman. Caprice Coleman has been on AEW television and pay-per-views regularly since all of this has happened. And he's been there more than Ian Riccoboni. Ian Riccoboni, for those who are wondering, has found a home in New Japan Pro Wrestling as the voice of NJPW Strong. Now, that's actually a big win for New Japan because for a while, Kevin Kelly was having to do double duty, doing English translations in Japan while also somehow taping this show in L.A., which is hard to do. So now there are some clear lines. Ian Riccoboni being the voice of NJPW Strong, the voice of NJPW World for English translations is Kevin Kelly. All is right in the world. I'm glad that both Ian and Caprice have landed well. They will be together for this Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. And it makes you wonder, will it be the last time we hear that particular team in Ring of Honor? I don't know. But either way, I am glad that both of them have landed really, really good deals, both with AEW and New Japan. With that said, tonight, AEW Dynamite should be a fantastic show. I believe it is night one of Fighter Fest. Night two of Fighter Fest will actually be here in Atlanta. Should be an amazing show. And Atlanta has been getting an awful lot of wrestling over these last couple of weeks. And I'm really quite excited excited about it all right guys with that said we're going to get out of here i hope you have an absolutely amazing day make sure you're following us on the socials at the faction show and once again be sure to check out wwt live tonight on twitch 6 p.m eastern 5 p.m central i'll be on the show as will several other great content creators i think you're going to absolutely enjoy the show until next time representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray i am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Salima.